Episode 1, Five by Firelight, Part 2. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Betrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Erthrandir. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. And so you find yourselves standing at an elevated hilltop, looking down over the small, lonely village, the dark castle towering above it, lurking upon the mountaintop on which it rests, the forests ringing the edges of the, of the valley, the cliff tops towering overhead, and the small, lonely river winding through the valley. Your steps to the edge of the sort of hill that we're standing on and just puts on his puts on the pair of glasses he has hanging over his neck and squints at the vista and then turns back to the others it's a it's beautiful more importantly it seems to uh, be occupied uh, at least the town below uh, well I, I don't know about any of you. I could go for something warm and not uh, covered in fog. I entirely agree. Yep. Let's hope they take our money. Well, I wouldn't. Never they? been anywhere that that's been a problem. Well, there are some countries that have currencies of their own that don't really place the same importance. We let's just. You didn't ask. Let's let's keep moving. I would love to hear more. Oh, oh, gladly. Well, let's talk and walk then. Well, you see, some countries like to use polished stones with a hole board in the middle, and this continues for quite some time. Lillison is genuinely interested. Metreon is walking up further away from them and closer to uh, Kiva. You don't want to listen to the coin lecture? I mean, I love coin. I just don't need to know uh, its history. I'm much quieter company, so you'll be fine. I just hope one of these places sells a nice bottle of wine. Mine is out. Sorry about that. No, no. Uh, wine is meant to be drunk. And uh, so am I. So let's carry on. You continue forward on the dirt road. Was someone about to say something? At some point when the coin lecture, if the coin lecture ends, I should say, uh, I'd like to ask um, Erthrandir, um, so speaking of uh, polished stone and all, do you have any idea when um, you're going to be uh, gotten back to with the, the sending thing? He looks genuinely troubled. 
I... She normally responds literally within the minute. This is, a uh, Very unusual. You said this wasn't the usual time, though. Yeah, no, we usually exchange messages at night before we go to bed. So, uh, maybe she'll respond back then. That de That's definitely it. And if not, then, well, she might be out patrolling or something, and... I... It's fine. It'll all be fine. But thank you for asking. I, uh... I hope she's okay. With our job, she might have run into trouble. Oh, is this she you're talking uh, about? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Her name is Meryl. I uh, met her about 15 years back when I joined the Ranger Corps. It was... She's a really, really cool person. She's a historian like me, except I'm more of a cultural person. She loves architecture and buildings. If you, would let, if you had seen her at those gates, then we would not have left for three hours as she loudly opined about how this place was built and the brickwork and the structure, and he kind of stares off into the distance with a smile on his face. It's, she's my best friend. She sounds like a fascinating person. Yeah, I think you two would get along. I tell you what, if we're going the same direction, why don't I introduce y'all? Oh, I would like that very much. Gladly. But yeah, I to actually answer your question, I will probably hear from her tonight. Uh, she sounds lovely. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And how are, how are you holding up? I, you've been pretty quiet. I know, uh, this is a lot and, you know, we were, we were joking about the pay. We're not gonna touch her. Or him, yeah. I, I... Uh, him. But, um, yeah, no, now now that there's a town that's, um, I mean, civilization, we're, we're going to find food, everything's going to be, um, absolutely fine. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine now. I'm glad to hear that. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get some gold and be right out of here quicker than you can blink. I just hope we get to Neverwinter on time. Hey, I doubt it. I suspect that that has passed, but you are you are a city girl like me, right? Um, I actually come from a pretty small village. Um, I've gone to big cities once or twice. Oh, well. I don't know. Some of, some of, I mean, Erthrandir, I assume that you feel at least somewhat at home in the wilderness, and Kiva seems to have no problem with it, but I just feel so much better when I have walls around me. Oh, no, no, I feel that. I I like cities more, honestly, especially from forests. Forests are the worst. Really? Be, yeah, no, oh, they're awful. They're oppressive. You can't see the sky. It's, ugh, like the worst type of terrain, bar none. Uh, at this point, while they're talking, uh, DM, I'd like to... Uh, and I can I could do a check for it if you like, um, but I'm gonna actually, uh, if there's time, I'd like to sneak off the road and like find something that's maybe a bit shaded, like an area that's maybe a bit shaded. Uh, and I uh, there's been a satchel that I've 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 been carrying uh, that's been like strapped around my 
uh, my chest, my chest that's underneath, underneath my coat. And, uh, I'd like to go through some of my disguise kit stuff and, uh, start applying some, uh, base makeup as well as, uh, running some, uh, like, uh, black shoe polish through my hair to just kind of darken it up. So you're not able to find a shaded area as such, but there is a bit of an area off the side with a bit of a large uh, gray boulder sticking out of it just beneath a, a tall, gnarled dead tree. Uh, there's a single raven perched atop it, but then caws and flies off scattering into the air as you approach and settle down. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I won't pay it too much attention. Uh, it, it does unsettle me a little bit, um, but I'm just more focused on, on trying to get myself presentable for this new area. Sure, and what do the majority of those changes look like? Is it mostly just, you know... Uh, yeah, so he's going to lighten up his face and cover his neck uh, with kind of a, a like a, a tan complexion uh, colored base makeup. Uh, and then he's going to take uh, like this black shoe polish uh, that he runs through his hair to kind of darken it up. All right, I'd say it's uh, fairly doable. Given your time and experience, it probably takes anywhere from perhaps five minutes or so. Yeah, it's it's super quick. It's he's not it, he's not going like full disguise. He's just trying to like make himself look more pre, like more humanoid from uh, a distance. All right, I'd say you can get that done pretty quickly and uh, rejoin the group. Okay. And yeah, when I, he comes back, uh, the rest of you see that he's pulled his hood up, um, and that his hair is now kind of this dark grayish color, um, and that his skin is now. Uh, this one shade of like uh, tan. It looks quite nice, but I do have to say I, I like it better the other way. Oh, thank you, love. Uh, just as a precaution, this is a new village and uh, uh, our kind, and he motions back at Amity, uh, can be looked upon unfavorably uh, in some areas. That's a uh, right, right. I forgot. I've... Amity, here. Um, Kiva's going to hand her cloak over um, to Amity and say, maybe you should cover yourself a little bit. Um, Amity uh, refuses. Um, no. <clears throat> my, my mother built up a reputation in our village um, for, for tieflings being good people, and I, I, I can build that up too. I just have to get a strong opening. Suit yourself, love, but, but uh, just... Be on the lookout, then. Stay close to me, then, okay? Sure. I mean, of course. And yeah, we'll and so, uh, keep walking it mm -hmm. down. Alright, and so you keep on... The village is not overly far away now, and it's in the distance. Slowly going, becoming closer with each step you take. It takes perhaps... 30 to 45 minutes of further travel to make your way forward. And in that time, the dirt road turns to gravel, becoming rockier in places and crunching beneath your feet as you continue on the path into the valley. And soon enough, you find that the gravel road leads into the village. It's tall houses as dark as tombstones. You see, Nestled among these solemn dwellings appear to be a handful of closed-up shops. Even the tavern, you see, appears to be shut tight. And as you make your way into its dark streets, a soft whimpering draws your eye toward a pair of children standing in the middle of an otherwise lifeless street. Uh-oh. 
from this distance do we get like a uh, are they just standing there are they like wandering around like what's 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 their vibe they appear to be standing uh, just beside uh, a bit of a ways of the road aside from a uh, larger house um, the girl appears to be a bit older the boy a bit younger uh, the young boy appears to be weeping clutching what seems to be a stuffed doll of some kind the girl appears to be hushing and patting him on the shoulder kind of leaning in and murmuring quietly to him but of course you can't hear it from this distance here's a question oh sorry go on go ahead go ahead oh no i was just gonna say uh dm um what would i roll would it be insight to see if they look well to do like uh this would be i would say uh just glancing over them um they seem to be wearing uh reasonably good quality clothes um a bit faded but uh, certainly not uh, peasants or commoners' clothes. They appear to be uh, reasonably well put together. And the house they're standing in front of appears to be, um, uh, well, glancing over the house itself. It seems to be a tall brick row house that has seen better days. Its windows are dark and it has a gated portico on the ground floor. And you see a rusty gate that's slightly ajar. You can see on either side of it that the houses are abandoned. Their windows and doors boarded up. But this house appears to be of... Uh, if not new, make at the very least of reasonably good taste, or at least at one point was. So I could reasonably like come to the uh, come to the conclusion, kind of based on the other structures in the area, that they might be a little bit more well off than some of the other uh, houses in the area. Certainly possible. Okay. When Kiva recognizes the crying, um, she sort of visibly stiffens and takes a few steps backwards, um, sort of pushing past Amity and Metreon to sort of behind the group a little bit. Willison also kind of just stops where she is. Erythrandir kind of looks back at the others, recognizing the sort of vibe shift and y'all, it's, they're, they're kids. They're not gonna bite. I know. Um... Maybe somebody else should go talk to them. Oh. Yes, perhaps. And uh, Metreon, his interest piqued by the uh, grander house and the, the nicer dress that they seem to be in, is actually going to go ahead and approach. All right, as you make your way toward them, you can see that the boy sobs quiet a bit, the girl continuing to shush him and then squeezing a hand around his shoulder and turning to you. Her eyes widen at the sight of you and she turns and points to the tall house that you'd noticed earlier there's there's a monster in our house oh that sounds terrible love are your mommy and daddy home they, uh, they, they I think they are um, but I, I haven't seen mother or father at all we, we wanted to get away from the monster we don't know what's happened to them Oh, monster! You say, and uh, he'll le like he'll kneel down and get to eye level with the kids. Uh, what what kind of monsters then? Yeah, um, it's we don't. And the boy sobs. It's so loud. I don't like it. The girl shushes him. It, we haven't seen it. It's we've heard its howls. It's it's so terrible. It's it's like a beast. Please, we don't know what happened to our parents. Metreon's initial greed starts to kind of turn to concern again, remembering 
the claw marks that had ravaged the body that uh, Kiva and Lilith had found uh, along the path. Uh, do you mind just for a moment? I'm going to just talk to my friends over here. Uh, stay here. Yes, keep of calm. course. Keep calm, all right? Uh, yes, I'll, I'll keep Thorn calm. Thank you. Thorn, you said your name was. What, uh, you said his name was. What is your name, darling? Oh, yes. Um, my name is Rose, uh, short for Rosvalda. Um, and yes, it's my brother Thorn. It's a beautiful name. Both of you, beautiful names. Uh, listen, I'm going to go talk to my companions for just a moment, but uh, you will stay here, right? Yes, of, of course, mister. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for you. Thank you. Uh, he'll smile, uh, showing his fangs, and uh, he'll head back over to the others. Well, that was strange. What'd they say? Well, uh, that uh, very expensive-looking house is apparently occupied by monsters. Uh, their parents may or may not be inside. Do they not have anyone to... Do they not have any friends or other people in town that they can go to? I did not ask them. They did not mention. They only expressed their concerns. And quite frankly, given what we've encountered this morning, and he'll look back at the house, and there's this, like, visible struggle of him wanting to go in uh, out of, like, curiosity and almost greed. Uh... And then turns back with this expression of, oh, wait, we're, we don't know where we are. Um, I was, uh, I was about to say. Did they tell we, you whether we are within or without Barovia? Uh, I, again, do not ask. They did not tell. Uh, I can uh, relay any questions or concerns that you all have. Wait, I, one, one moment. We don't have time for this. I, I mean, I'm inclined to agree, however, and... Uh, Metreon turns back again and just looks at the house and is kind of like writhing in his skin almost. All right, I'm I'm going to go ask them. Okay, can I yeah. go with you? Yeah, uh, same. Yeah. I'm, I'm a yeah. Amity approaches the two children. Should there be no objections, giving a wide wave uh, as her long tail um, sort of uh, wags to the side behind her. Hello, my name's Amity. I'm Kiva. The uh, children look up at you, Rose giving you a, a firm nod, seeming a bit more put together than before. Uh, good to meet you. Um, the other the, the other man said you might be able to help us with the monster. We just need a little bit of information first, if you don't mind. We're new here. Can you tell us where we are? Uh, this is uh, Barovia, the village of Barovia. Um, and this is our home, or at least uh, till the monster came. Uh, and and do you, or maybe did you happen to know someone named um, Kolyan Indirovich? Rose blinks and frowns. No, I, I don't think I have. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, miss. Maybe, oh, okay. maybe your parents know them? Um, are they inside? Can we go talk to them? Um, I, I think they might. Uh, our parents know everything. Um, you should be able to, uh, if you can find them, they might be able to help you. Um, I'd I, I show you myself, but um, I need to keep Thorn out here. 
sure, sure, sure. So, um, can you just point us towards like a, a local store where we can like buy some foods and supplies? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. We usually don't do that sort of thing. It's usually the parents or, or one of the servants. Um, maybe our mother and father will know. I'm sorry that I can't help you more. Perhaps you can go fetch your mother and father and, and bring them out and, and we can talk to them here. Thorn abruptly begins sobbing. No, I'm not going back inside. You can't make me. I, hold on, hold on. Earthendeer kind of kneels down till he's on eye level with him. All right. Hey, little guy. So, uh, you say there's a monster inside, right? He sniffles and sniffs hard. Like, you can see a little bit of snot that's dripped down to his mouth, kind of gets sucked back into his nostril as his mouth kind of wriggles. And Earthendeer. It's a little pathetic look. Erthrandir fumbles in his pocket and comes out with a very worn, but evidently very fancy handkerchief and kind of dabs at it. All right, all right, so... Hey, we're... We'll, uh... He kind of looks back at the group and sighs. We'll do our best to make sure your mom and dad are okay, but, uh... We need a little information. Did we, you... We'll, we'll, uh, do pardon us, and, uh, uh, Metreon puts his hand on, uh, through Deer's shoulder and uh, starts to pull him away. Hey, I'm not done. Let's not go making promises to these kids that we can't keep. I, it'll take three minutes, Max. That is not we a huge help. We don't know that. We I, don't know that. Then we come out, we say, oh, sorry, you should get the police, and then we leave. Rose, Thorn, uh, you said there's a monster, right? Yes, that, that's right. Do you know what kind of monster? What's it no, look we, like? What's it sound no, like? It, it's got a howl. It feels like it shakes the whole house. Um, we've never seen it. it. Our parents have kept it trapped in the basement, but now we're not sure. I, they keep it in the basement? When, we just know that they, they've trapped it down there, but I don't know if it's still in there, and Thorn is too scared to go back in. It could be the V-A-M-P-Y-R. I, I think they go for addicts, mostly. Uh, I can spell, ma'am. Melissa <laughs> <laughs> is going that to was... walk up to, like, no closer than 20 feet away from them um, and say, Do you have any friends or family friends that you can stay with while, well, while all of this happens? It's not... Safe to be out on the street either. Rose looks down at Thorn for a moment, then holds him close at her. You see her pause for a moment, her eyes tearing up somewhat, and then she closes them tightly shut, shaking her head. I. No. I, I don't think so. All right. How about how about we go into town? And maybe your your mommy and daddy will be uh, in a nice shop, and we can find them while while we're looking for some supplies. I amity. And hey, if we don't find them there, then we can then we can help out here. I don't know. Y you can you can knock on the door real quick. I. They're scared. Don't like. Kids aren't stupid. Listen, perhaps I think there's some some wisdom in Amity's words, and uh, uh, Metreon's going to be kind of like speaking like 
almost like whispering so that he's not within earshot of the children. There is some wisdom in Amity's words, and uh, frankly, we've seen a lot of strange things today. I don't want to test out how strange, how much more strange this day can be. I there is something odd about not going inside and just going to get their parents. It's very strange. They are not, they are like six years old. I am unsure what you expect of them. Rational decision making? And we're also making? walking into a land where a vampire supposedly rules, so maybe this place is as weird as we think it is. All the I'm more reason to should... leave as soon as possible, so then perhaps exactly. let's listen to Amity. Let's go get, let's go to find a general store, re-up on supplies, and, and leave. We don't need to linger here. There's no reason exactly. to. Exactly. And what's your guarantee we're not, that- We're not the police. We're not people who are in charge of this sort of thing. I, I'm not saying it's the proper thing, but sometimes people have to do the improper thing to survive and this doesn't feel right. All right, y'all. I have a question for you. Am Erythrindir stands up again and kind of sweeps his hands expansively at the decaying, broken down and otherwise evidently uninhabited houses around. What do you think the odds are that somewhere that looks like this has, I don't know, institutions, guards, hell, a functioning general store? I, this place has been hurt. I don't know by what, but look, we're, we can't just assume that Everything's going to work out nicely. I, I understand y'all's fear. I'm not too happy about this either, but for God's sake, it will take us five minutes. And if we run into the monster, we leave. And we tell them, well, hi, Rosenthorn. You are going to need to find some new parents, and then our job will be done. But for or God's we sake, just don't say that now. in front of them. Or we just leave now and don't appoint ourselves the judge, jury, and executioner of every place we go. It's not our job. It, what What part of helping a six-year-old is judge, jury, and executioner? Look, I know about what it is to help a child. I know this. Metreon raises his finger and starts... Metreon raises his finger and starts to walk away from the others. Uh, Rose, Thorn. Yes, yes, mister? So you said your parents are inside, yes? Yes, that's, that's right. Does your mom, do your mommy and daddy have uh, lots of nice things? Uh, maybe a safe that they keep them in? Uh, jewels, perhaps? Um, I think so. Um, mommy has a... Oh, sorry, mother has a very nice... She's got a beautiful jewelry box. Um, I'm not trying to touch it. Why do you ask? It's a bit of a strange question. Well, I, uh, you know, if we do, uh, uh, if we do just come inside and check things out, uh, I just want to make sure that everything's secure, right? Yes, of course. Um, if, if you do go inside, um, do you mind checking the nursery? Uh, our, our baby brother is there. We want to know that he's safe. Baby brother, huh? Yes, Walter. We've not seen him. We didn't bring him outside with us. Uh, Metrion looks back at Erythrindir, uh, just to kind of gauge his expression once uh, they start talking about the baby brother. He looks taken aback for a moment. 
and then his expression steals, and he mouths at him, Two minutes. I think we can do two minutes. All right, look, where's the last place you saw your mom and dad? When, when was it? Um, it was, I, I think it was just this morning. Um, we saw them, and but we heard the monster howl, and Thorne got so scared and ran out, and we think we heard it coming upstairs, but we didn't, it was so fast, we didn't get a chance to go back in. Uh, Walter's still up there on the third floor. We don't know what's happened to him or what happened to our parents. We've not seen them. Can you tell us where the nursery is and where the door to the basement is? Um, the basement, um, I'm not sure. I've never gone down there. Um, but, uh, but I, the, the nursery's on the third floor. It's on. It's on this side of the house. You sh it's not too hard to find. We can uh, look. And Lillison looks at everybody else in the group uh, from where she stands, twenty feet away. Look, if we check things out, help them find their parents, the rest of this town is probably more likely to help us out. Otherwise, I'm not even sure there is anybody else in this entire place. It looks completely abandoned. I'm yeah, not thinking, but if, if they don't know where their mom and dad are, then they're probably like not in their own house, right? Like that would be such, that would be a, a little bit easier to find them. They're probably like out at the tavern or something. But you know what? Fine. If you want to go in for two minutes, then you can go in. Just if there's well, actually if something. Their parents are if their parents are inside, we go contact the parents. They take care of this. We walk away the heroes. That'll be that. And uh, uh, Metreon actually wants to look around. Does there it look like look? Does it look like anywhere in this area has any kind of sign of life? It's just looking around for any other sign of life. Yeah, just like any like whether there it's like it's a light in a home or you know. Uh, a... Funny you should ask, as you reemerge from your conversation and the time you've spent with Rose and Thorn over the past several minutes, you turn around and realize that you can't actually see the other houses that you first saw when you arrived. In fact, it seems that the mists that have been creeping in since you first entered the village have now bubbled forward, swallowing up what seems like the entire rest of the village, where once you saw what seemed to be a shut-up tavern in an old store that was boarded up and windows darkened is now just a wall of thick, swirling white fog, and you can see that the mists are slowly creeping forward. Bloody hell. Oh, say, is a rose thorn, is it always this foggy around here? Um, I'm not sure. I don't usually leave the house too much, um, but... Father always did say not to go too far into the mist. He sounds like a that? wise man. Why Why did he tell you that? Not to go into the mist? I, I don't know. He just said not to. I'm sorry. Sorry, 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 love. I'm, we're just a little bit on edge. Let, let's get inside. Do you... We'll, we'll talk about this inside. Yeah. Why don't you come with us? She glances down at Thorne, who's hugging tightly to her and burying his face in her side. Um, I don't think I can take Thorne inside, but I, I guess we can wait uh, right past the front gate. Is that okay? 
All right, I'll, I'll wait with you, how about? Alpro's nods. All right, um, Amity, do you want one of us to wait with you? Um, it shouldn't take that many people to find, uh, to find some parents if, if they are inside. I mean, just knocking on the door should do it. Um, but just in case there is something, um, accursed. Sure, someone, someone can wait here with me. Ara, you seem good with the kids. I, uh, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll stick behind. Just, uh, do, uh, give it a, at least make sure the little guy's okay. All right. Um, I'm fine going in and looking for the parents. All right. Good, good luck. Remember, it, just five minutes. I'll come with you. Thank you, love. Um, five minutes. All right. I'll go in too. Kava's going to walk up to the front door of the house. All right. And so with that, guiding the children alongside you, you make your way off of the gravel cobblestone street and past the mists and away from the ever encroaching wall of fog and into the house ahead. Moving forward, you pass through the front, you pass ahead into what appears to be a bit of an entrance portico, passing through a wrought iron gate with hinges on one side and a lock on the other that fills the archway of the house's stone portico. Beyond the gate, you can see oil lamps hanging by chains from the portico ceiling, flanking a set of closed oaken doors. As you push forward, you find that the gate is unlocked, its rusty hinges squealing as you open it. Uh, Metron looks back at uh, Rosenthorn. Uh, kids, is there anything that we should know about going inside? Rose frowns and then shakes her head. I don't think so. Um, why, is, is there something that... I, I'm sorry, mister, I, I can't think of anything. Fair enough. What is your what are your father and mother? Their names. What are they? Um, we're the Dursts, Mister. Um. Uh. Well, my mother's name is uh, Elizabeth, and my father's name is uh, Gustav. But um, please, we're not supposed to call them that, so I'm I'm sorry. Very well. Well, uh, Amity, uh, Erthendir, you, you two will... Uh... We'll keep watch and make sure they're alright. Y'all do what we came here for. Uh, if you don't hear from us in five minutes, uh, well, uh, let's hope it doesn't come to that. We'll come in. Alright. Uh, with that... And a bit of a technical difficulty, but um, so with that, if you would like to, you may uh, op open the front doors and proceed inside. Uh, All right, Kiva will do so. She's going to keep her scimitar drawn, though. All right. Uh, this is, as a reminder, Foundry. Uh, as such, if you can see the door icons on the map, you can open them yourselves and proceed forward. 
So if you'll just move yourself to the area and uh, don't worry about navigating your token around. We'll just uh, move one room at a time. So, as the three of you step inside, Erthrandir and Amity behind with the children, you pass inside into a new chamber. This grand foyer you can see hanging on the left-hand wall is a shield emblazoned with what appears to be a coat of arms. The shield itself is flanked by framed portraits of stony-faced aristocrats, and at the end of the foyer stand mahogany-framed double doors set with panes of stained glass. Uh... Mr. and Mrs. Darst, are you around? Your voice echoes in the foyer and the hall, but there's no indication or immediate reply. Do could could I roll a perception or investigation to see if I hear anything from the other side of the door? Um, make a perception check if you'd like to approach the stained glass and uh, listen in. Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, listening at the door, you perk your ear as best you can, but you hear only silence from the other side. Well, I don't hear anything. Um, uh, should we push on? May as well open so. some more doors. Hello in there? Is anybody home? You enter the door and pass in and peer into a new chamber. You see into a wide hall that seems to run the width of the house, with a black marble fireplace at one end and a sweeping red marble staircase at the other. Mounted on the wall above the fireplace, in the dim gray light of your dark vision, you can see a longsword with an engraved hilt. The wood-paneled walls seem to bear ornate carvings of images of vines, flowers, nymphs, and satyrs. There are a number of doors leading out from this chamber, but the room itself is dim and dark. There doesn't appear to be any lighting in here, beyond what your eyes can glean in the darkness. Uh, Metrion is still still a little bit on edge, but a lot of that edge melts away as soon as he sees the opulence of this uh, this area. Uh, the uh, The richness of it is definitely exciting to him. This is a, I've got a pretty nice setup here. Don't get any ideas. We want to make these people like us. Um, ideas are just ideas. They're in my head. That's all. That's all. They said the nursery was on the third floor, right? Where their brother was? Yes. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Durst. Hello. Both echoes in the hall and up and down the stairs, there's no forthcoming reply. Well, bugger hell, I don't know. Do we look for the parents, or do we look for the baby? I will... I suppose we, don't we can know. check on the We don't know where the parents are, so we may as well go look for the baby first. If we run into them along the way, then all the better. Alright, to the third floor, then. Lead the way. Uh, Kiva's going to approach the staircase and head up. All right, very good. With that, you make your way to the stairs and begin ascending to the upper floors. 
And just to confirm, this is still Metreon, Lillison, and uh, Kiva uh, setting up. Are Aerithrondir and Amity still hanging behind? Yep. We're yeah, still hanging. We're hanging here. Just friendly right. chatting. Aerithrondir is doing handstands to entertain them. Uh, and with that, uh, as you proceed forward, slowly making your way up the red marble stairs to the upper floor, let's move you over there. Uh, Metron is keeping at least a good 10 feet away from Kiva to let her scout on her own. It will assume to be 10 feet away from Metreon, so I guess we, we need to space out a lot more. Hmm. Very good. With that, you slowly make your way up the staircase until you come to a point where you find unlit oil lamps mounted on the walls of this elegant second-story hall. You see, hanging above the mantelpiece on the opposite side is a wood-framed portrait between two adults, a man and a woman, alongside the familiar faces of Rose and Thorn Durst. You can see standing suits of armor flanking wooden doors in the east and west walls, each suit of armor clutching a spear and has a visored helm shaped like a wolf's head. The doors you can see are carved with dancing youths. So you can see that the red marble staircase appears to continue its upward spiral to a third floor. And as you step toward it, Kiva, you feel a cold draft whispering down from above. All right. Didn't mean to move that much, sorry. All good. So what would you like to do? So... And a quick check-in, uh, briefly. Um, are you all carrying any light sources? Uh, I don't, um, I, I'm not. No, I'm not either. All right, and, uh, Lillison is not either? Nope. All right, in that case, as you scan forward, your dark vision acclimating to the gray murk of the chamber, the colors muted into nothing but gray scales and blacks and whites. The marble staircase itself seeming to be more of a muted, ashy gray than the red you suspect it to be. So if the parents are here, why don't any lights on? Perhaps they burned out? I didn't like this from the start. But, uh, DM, you said there's a third floor, the third staircase up, yes. that we can just keep the going? stairs are to continue upward to a third floor. Um, Let's just try to find this baby. Should we light a lantern first? One of these torch things. How coined. This, it can't hurt. This door up here at the top of the staircase right here that uh, my icon is right next to. Um, I'd like to just kind of press my ear against it, see if I hear anything. Uh, pressing against uh, the... Uh, which door? The door that I'm. my icon's right next to, on the stairs. Uh, yes, you cannot... You mean the door to the top right of you? Or sorry, to the top left? Yes. Alright, if you'd like to move yourself adjacent to the door and take a listen at it. Uh, make a perception check for me. Six, no. <laughs> Silence, I'm afraid. Should we check any of these doors? Or should we just go straight up? I mean, I'm not hearing anything either way, but... 
I think we should just try to find the baby and then get out of here. I, I don't like this. Fair enough. Let's uh, light let's let's light one of these wall lantern things and um keep calling out as we go as well, just in case I don't know, the parents might be sick or asleep. Alright, so we light a torch and keep going. Um Kiva's going to head up the stairs. Right, are you employing so you're taking out a torch that you brought with you and lighting that? Uh, no, I believe Lillison wanted to take a torch, if that's correct. So there are unlit oil lamps on, mounted on the walls, if you'd like to, yes. to uh, remove one. Uh, I didn't want to remove one, I wanted to just light one of them. Of course. Um, there is a means of lighting one fairly easily. Um, you're able to kind of uh, set one alight, and as you do so, um, it casts a bit of a small, flickering, uh, reddish-yellow glow through the room. Well, that's something. Can we maybe light the fireplace as well? I mean, if you want to. Are you cold? I am, but it's unsettling that there's no fireplaces that are lit here. Uh, never mind, it's... I don't know, this... None of this feels real, and... And I have a headache. Let's keep going. Yes, please. I'm sorry. Uh... Kiva um, hands Metro on her water skin first, um, and then heads upstairs. All right. You continue forward onto the third floor, and as you do, Athrandir and Amity, as you remain there with the children, you notice something. Specifically, Arthrandir, you're the first to notice it. Amity, a heartbeat later. The mists have continued forward, an inexorable tide that has flowed toward the house across the street until even the tips of the rooftops of the nearest houses are swallowed up entirely and the road is hidden from sight. A thick wall of fog presses against the gate of the outer portico, almost as though the mist is longing to pass through, but holds back. It stops there. Um, Amity, are you, uh, you're, you're seeing this, right? It's a curse of crazy weather. I, yeah, it's a little freaky. Rose, Thorn, is this a, is this much fog normal? Rose I mean, looks a bit concerned. I, I'm not sure, I'm sorry. I, okay, that's fine. Fine, fine, fine. Amity blows on it. The fog wisps away from your breath briefly before immediately spilling back into place. Earthendeer lowers his voice. So, you... What are the odds that's magic? Do you want to maybe yell to the others to make sure they're still okay? I... It's a big house. We might have to actually go and check. I, I mean, I hate to leave the kids, but I wor I'm, I'm a little worried. What do you think? Um, 
I don't think the fog is magical. I mean, it, it's it's just fog, right? I can I can make it wisp all around. But um, if 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 you're going in, then I'd I'd, I'd follow you. All right. Hey, Rose Thorn will be back in a just a minute. Okay, we're gonna make sure our friends are doing all right. Stay here and yeah, yeah, we'll be back before you know it. Oh, you could follow us in, and if there's a monster, we'll protect you from it. Thorn stifles a sob, and Rose looks at you, shaking her head. Um, I don't think so, but we'll stay right here, I promise. We won't go anywhere. All right. Take care of yourselves. And at, kind of on instinct, he reaches into his pocket and pulls out the handkerchief again and passes it to Thorn. Here, uh, keep this till I'm back. And then Thorn he... accepts it. And he turns the door and pulls it open. All right. And with that, you step inside the foyer as up above, the others continue their ascent in the house. As you continue forward, Kiva first, followed by Metreon, and listen after, you climb the marble staircase to its full height, arriving at a dusty balcony. The air here is dry and musty, but tinged with a strange, almost coppery scent. A suit of black plate armor stands against one wall, draped in cobwebs and clearly marked by old age. You see oil lamps mounted on the faded oak-paneled walls, which are themselves carved with woodland scenes of trees, falling leaves, and tiny beasts. The corridor itself is dusty and drafty, and you can see that each corner, including all the way up the ceiling above is draped in cobwebs. As you ascend to near the furthest point of the landing, as you prepare to step onto the balcony, you hear a door open and then shut on the first floor below, followed by footsteps. Hello? Hello? Oh, hey y'all, it's us. Oh, bloody hell. You almost scared the life out of us. Uh, we're upstairs. All right, be up there in a second. Can I see, um, uh, Kiva's going to walk forward, I should say, and, um, look for something that might look like a nursery door. All right. Uh, you take a step forward, glancing around into the balcony around you. Uh, as you do, you can see that several doors appear to lead from this upper landing, including a pair of double doors to the right that seem set with dusty panes of stained glass. And as you step forward, your hand along the, uh, railing of the balcony and Glancing around at the potential doors, you hear a sudden creak, a groan of movement, and then a blur of motion out of the corner of your eye. As suddenly, the black suit of armor beside you lurches through the air as if animated by an unholy force, one of its gauntleted fists smashing through the air toward you. I would need everyone to roll initiative, please. Oh no. <laughs> Does that mean everyone in the house or everyone on that floor? Uh, everyone, um... I would say everyone on this floor, and if those who would like to uh, may arrive, they will arrive in one round. Gotcha. So we'll get to you. Just remind me. Uh, but for that, let's have everyone roll some initiatives, please. Uh, I might only be able to do it once I arrive in one round. If you are not on the map, you will not be able to do so at this time. Low initiative roll. 
sorry, DM, I'm having a little trouble remembering uh, how to roll initiative. <laughs> uh, all good. Uh, if you can uh, right-click your token and select the sword and shields icon on the bottom right, that will add you to the combat tracker, which is the fist icon in the top right menu. And then just roll the d20 that you find there. Very good. Oh, awesome. uh, with that, uh, Lillison, as you mount the stairs, you can just barely see over the top of the landing, the armor suddenly lurching toward Lillison. What would you like to do? All right. Uh, Lillison freezes for a moment in panic and then sort of unwillingly, um, almost as if she's trying to hold something back, uh, she's actually going to rush forward um, pushing past Metreon uh, and averts her eyes as um, her arm, her right arm thrusts out towards the armor uh, almost as of its own accord. And uh, Kiva can see that there is in fact um, a green jewel sort of um, bound to the the palm of Lillison's right um, right hand uh, with thin little chains. And uh, with a bit of a lurch, uh, a sickly green light comes out of it. All right, uh, give me one moment, please. Ooh. All right, so uh, what That's is cool. Lillison is going to cast Acid Splash. All right, very good. Uh, I, that is a dexterity throw, I believe, right? Uh, it is. Throw. All right. Um, with that, that is a 13. That, uh, that ties. All right. Very good. Uh, with that, it just steps aside briefly. You see a bit of a splash mount on the side of its armor, but then drip off to the side before fizzling down into the ground without doing much harm. But as you look, you notice something odd. Though the sickly green glow around the gem seemed to indicate something else, the swirl of bubbling liquid that flung through the air was red, scarlet red. And as you watch it drip down the wall, bubbling as it begins to melt away at the paneling, you see it spill down like red, scarlet blood onto the floor. Lillison uh, sort of collapses back against the wall, uh, breathing heavily, and that is my turn. All right, uh, with that, uh, Metreon, you're up. What would you like to do? Um, so this suit of armor, uh, does it look like it's occupied by something? Uh, glancing over it, uh, you can see its visored helm appears completely dark. There's no indication of anything beyond the helmet. Uh, so uh, panicked and confused, and just seeing Lillison just suddenly whip out this splash of what looks like blood, um, uh, he, bloody hell, and he starts to dart back the other direction. He's going right. to use his movement to go back downstairs. All right. Uh, Metron will make his way back down to the second floor. And he's going to use his action to dash. All right. Very good. Uh, you dash down just as you see the others beginning to dash up toward you. Um, Air and Amity, you see Metreon heaving as he runs down the stairs. As from far above, you hear the sounds of what sounds like grinding metal. I, what on earth is going on? I'm getting the fuck out of here. I, what, it, what, what? 
and he just watches as Metreon plunges on. What? Like, all right, run. Gonna keep running. And that's his turn. Right. Very good. Uh, with that, uh, Kiva, as you watch the armor abruptly lurches toward you as if slamming you in the side, uh, the first one as it brings its uh, gauntleted form up against your side, that's an eight to hit. That misses. All right, it will then strike again. Uh, that is a 20 to hit. <laughs> that one hits, yeah. All right, this one impacts you right on the shoulder, but you deflect a good amount of the blow. You only suffer three points of bludgeoning damage. All right. And with that, it is your turn. So, um, taking that damage, she's going to yell a little bit, and um, you can see she's breathing very heavily. Um, all right. Uh, Kiva straightens up very quickly. Um, she is going to pull her scimitar, and you can see her breathing sort of quicken and then slow as the veins on her face fill in with black ichor that seems to pour down the side of her face and down her jaw. Kiva is going to rage. Yeah. Oh, yes. So with Still that, the first confirm class. <laughs> All right, as you use your bonus action to rage, the armor creaks before you pulling back as if for a second blow. Uh, what would you like to use for your action? She is going to swing away with her scimitar. Go for it. That is a 17 to hit, and it's four damage if it hits. I don't know if it does. Unfortunately, as you slash toward it, it just glances off the side, and you, as you watch it gets caught between two platelets of armor as if right where the arm would be, but you can see that it actually tighten around it. The armor's visored helm's latching onto you and almost seeming to glare at you from the darkness of the helmet. After a moment, you've managed to pull the scimitar loose, but it doesn't seem to have done any damage. That's a miss. Oh, damn. Uh, she is going to just free action scream at the armor and uh, use her movement to stand in front of Lillison and just keep her blocked from the All right. Uh, very good. Uh, with that, that is the end of Kiva's turn. So, with that, let's get some other tokens on the map. Uh, Erthrandir and Amity, if you would like to roll initiative for me, please. Sure, but um, Metreon was running the other way, telling everyone to get the heck out of there, and so... Oh. So are you running the opposite direction as well? Um, I guess, what can I see? Like, do I, what do I see and hear from upstairs? So you hear the sound of combat, you hear metal clashing against metal, and as you uh, briefly poke your head up just far enough to see the balcony above, you see Kiva lash her scimitar free of the armor up above. Uh, Lillison beside her, looking as if in deep concentration, uh, and you can hear the armor's heavy footfalls echoing off of the balcony. Um, all right, well, it looks like you're first, Ethan, dear. Apparently. Am I going, or...? Uh, yes, so uh, with that, uh, we round back to the top of initiative. It is now uh, Lillison's turn. What would you like to do? Lillison is uh, slumped back against the wall, breathing heavily, um, sort of uh, screwing her eyes up a little bit. And then um, with a great heave of her shoulders, uh, looking very unhappy about this, um, her arm flings up again, and uh, the... Uh, 
gem on her palm glows for another acid splash. All right, it's going to be another uh, dexterity save. Yep. That is a 14, I'm afraid. Okay. Succeeds. Uh, she is also going to start edging towards uh, this side corridor here. All right, very good. Uh, that's the end of your turn. Then, uh, Metreon, you're up. You can hear the sound of continued combat and Kiva's scream echoing through the walls of the house. You're now on the first floor. Uh, what does he do? Yeah, Metreon uh, is deaf to that scream as he is bolting towards the front door and he is going to throw it open as if he's if he can. All right. Um, you're more than able to do that, I would say. Do I see Rosenthorn in the foyer? Uh, you do. They're still waiting there, their eyes wide, uh, looking a bit surprised to see you. What the fuck is that up there? What do you mean? I don't. I, what are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. Uh, if I reach out to grab them, uh, can I pull them into the house? Um, you can certainly try, yes. If you'd like to reach forward. Uh, uh, you've used your action, I would say, but you can try it next turn if you'd like. Okay. Um, no, I won't do that then. I will, uh, I'll, uh, as, as soon as I confront them and they, I see their faces again and I remember that they were talking about the monster, I assume that this is what they meant by it. And uh, finally, as like my adrenaline stops pumping, I hear Kiva and I will uh, sigh and start to move back up towards the stairs. All right, you took your full movement to get to the kids. If you'd like, you can try to either dash or pull the kids inside. Yeah, yeah, direction. yeah. We'll uh, I'm just gonna, da I'm gonna action dash uh, back inside. All right, so you already you to do that, but you can move back inside next turn. Okay, that's fine. All right, uh, excellent. With that, it is the armor's turn again. Uh, it will lurch toward Kiva, slamming her again twice. Uh, that is a six to hit, which I believe misses, and a fifteen. The fifteen hits. All right. Uh, beautiful. You suffer seven points of bludgeoning damage. Is that halved? Uh, yes. Uh, you were raging, correct? Yes. Yes, it is halved. Uh, you suffer only, I believe that's three points. And that is the end of the armor's turn. Uh, Ignore that attack. I didn't mean to do that. Very good. Um, Erthrandir, as you run the stairs, Amity uh, huffing behind you, uh, Metreon speeding past the opposite direction, you see Lilliston and Kiva appear to be locked in combat with this animated armor at the top of the balcony. What would you like to do? Uh, first off, I don't have vision on the scene. Can you give that to me? Uh, yes, let me... Hmm. You should have Erthrandir present. I can almost see it, but there's a black bar that's obscuring most of it. Like, I can see it at the very bottom of my screen. Gotcha. Let me just double check everything is good to go with your token. Um, you might have him on the wrong scene. Uh, nope, he is on the correct one. How about now? There we go. Perfect. So, Erthrandir, seeing what's happening, is going to kind of stop dead at the scene here. And then, kind of glancing between everything. He isn't really sure what to do, but he knows that he probably should do something. So in kind of a panic, he 
reaches, he stuck, sticks out a finger and traces a, and traces a pattern in the air to anyone who'd recognize it. It looks like an elvish letter or maybe a sentence. And as he traces, the air begins to glow with a sickly sort of reddish purple light. And then a gout of fire springs forth from the glyph as he casts Firebolt. All right, the fire arches toward the armor, but oddly enough, it's not the crimson red that you're used to. Instead, it seems to be tinged of vile, almost profane purple as it scours through the air and smashes toward the armor. Uh, roll an attack for me. Okay, get them up. That is an eight. Unfortunate. Unfortunately, the armor raises a gauntlet at hand, the firebolt splashing harmlessly against it. Are, are, are you all okay? What What is this? What's going on? No, I suppose that's... No time to explain. Reasonable enough. And that's him for now. All right, I believe it's my turn next. Um, yeah, so Amity is gonna like yell up, "What? What are you doing? This could be a sequence killer." Um, a what? I, I don't a think what? We, I mean, I don't think we're gonna hope to find the parents anymore. At least I hope we don't find them in here. Everyone, just get out. Uh, and opening her book to uh, a fable about the a, a sly fox, she will um, intone at the suit of armor. Uh, Hey, hey, you! Your sword plays as rusty as that clunky armor. Uh, casting vicious mockery. Ooh. Ooh. Was not Ooh. expecting that. Was not either. Oh my goodness! Wow! It must make a wisdom saving throw. Alright, it will do so. That is a 10. Nice. Okay, then it takes two psychic damage and disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes. Very good. And in fact, oddly enough, as you shout the words of the spell, Amity. You're used to infusing them with some sort of magical presence, but this time you can almost feel as if something else is speaking through you, as the words that you speak are twisted and contorted into the guttural snarl of something almost like a demon or a devil. And the armor will take two points of... Actually, wait. The armor you see appears unaffected by this string of insults. Damn. It takes no damage. But it does uh, retain disadvantage on the next attack roll. All right. Um, I think Amity's used to her insults not dealing physical wound damage to people, so she doesn't think this is odd as she then uh, dashes down the stairs um, to the second floor, uh, urging her companions to follow. All right. Uh, that is the end of Amity's turn. Uh, Kiva, you are up. You can see that the armor appears to be momentarily off balance. So what would you like to do? Kiva's going to take the opportunity to, again, swing with her scimitar uh, and see if she can do some fucking damage here. All right, go for it. I don't think that hits. It's the 19 to hit. Uh, you did not 18. roll a Oh, wait, no, did you roll a 19 before? Might have been, it was either 17 or 19, I don't know. Um, it was a 17. I, 17, great. So I don't know, maybe an 18 hits? I hope it hits. An 18 does hit as you slash forth your scimitar, dealing three points of slashing damage. Uh, five, actually. Five. Oh, beautiful. Um, and then with that, seeing Lillison 
retreat a little bit. Kiva's going to also... Okay. Yeah, she's going to head towards the stairs um, and try to pull uh, Lillison with her. All right, uh, Lillison will be able to follow on her own turn. Um, Akiva, would you like to continue moving all the way down the stairs? Yeah, she's going to try to get the fuck out of here. All right, the armor will make an attack of opportunity against you. Uh, it has disadvantage that's, on this. That's fair. Let's go for it. That is a 12 to hit. Oh, thank fucking God that misses. Okay. <laughs> Narrowly sideswipes you, missing you entirely as its fist cuts through empty air. All right, she's down those stairs. All right, very good. Uh, if you'd like to move yourself to where Amity is. Uh, and Lillison, you are up. Okay. Lillison is going to recoil violently away from where uh, Kiva is trying to grab her um, and just say, no, it, it's... Uh. And uh, she is going to thrust her hand out again and uh, this time a much larger um, sort of ray of sickening energy instead of a, a splash uh, comes out towards the armor. All right. Uh, you are still adjacent to it, correct? I am. Uh, this that is maybe is... disadvantage, please. Okay. So just roll um, it again and take the lower. Okay. I, if I rolled it, it again, it might uh, consume my other spell slot, but I'll just fix that manually. Uh, yes, you can just uncheck uh, consume spell slot. That is a nine good. to hit. Damn. Unfortunately, the nine misses as it shears wide in your panic, your breath coming fast, you just shoot the ray past its head as it smashes into the far wall. Um, all right. Um, hmm. And then Lillison is going to start backing up towards the set of double doors. All right. Um, up to the north of you, you said? Yes. All right, very good. Um, with that, if you'd like to make your way toward them, uh, if you try the handle, they do appear to be unlocked. Okay, uh, I'm going to sort of push the, um, like push the handle open behind me and just back into the room and then slam it shut in front of me. All right, like to move yourself in there, the door is unlocked. All right, with that, as you slam yourself into the door, uh, Ethrandir, Kiva, and Amity continuing their run to the lower level. Lillison making her way down. And behind you, you hear the grinding and the stomping of the metal armor slowly fade as you vanish from its sight. And with that, you find the house growing quiet once more. And find yourself standing alone on the second floor landing, this time with Millicent nowhere to be found behind you. Amity looks awkwardly at the other four suits of armor. Uh, Metreon, as since he was... Kiva, who is... Uh, since he was on his way running back up from the front door, uh, sees everyone running down and is like, what the fuck we do? What, what's going on? We gotta get the fuck out of here. Lillison's still up there. I think she shut herself in. I, I don't know. I don't 
Okay. Let's all... I doubt that thing can bust through a solid door. She's probably okay. She's gonna be fine. Let's get the fuck out of here. I... Hold on. We don't... Breathe. Take a second and breathe. Is that... Do I... So, uh, we don't hear the, the footsteps of the armor, do we? Make a perception check. Uh, that's an 11. You listen closely and you hear only silence. Uh, I stop talking uh, and look up uh, as if I'm listening. Uh, I don't think it's moving no more. I, I mean, I don't think it's moving anymore. Right. Okay. So, y'all think that's the monster? Yeah. I sincerely hope it is. If, if, or, well, I don't know. Uh, you said Lilithin's up there, correct? She shut herself in a room, yeah. Can someone help me check that these four are not, uh, there's no one hiding in these? Kiva, I... who's still coming down from her rage, is going to smash the nearest suit of armor in front of her with her fucking scimitar. That's a good idea. Uh, and Metron will follow and start to kind of like uh, try and pull the, uh, the the opposite suit of armor off the wall and just kind of like let it smash into the floor. It uh, seems to be situated on a stand of sorts, propped up and supported on the inside, but once you're able to get a bit of swing to it and pull it onto the edge and corner of the stand, it does sway and then smashes toppling to the floor, bits and pieces of metal armor going straying and scrapping across the ground until the ground looks more like a junkyard than a proper noble's landing. And then Kiva's going to the one next to Ari, and she's going to smash that one as well. Like, she's not doing good right now. <laughs> he steps aside, apparently deep in thought. He... Can he see if he knows anything about what on earth that thing up there might have been? Hello. Um, at this point, too, Metreon wants to look for the kids, see if they're still downstairs. All right. That is, Metreon makes his way back downstairs. Is anyone else coming with him? Uh, yeah, Amity no. will also go downstairs with Metreon just to get further from the killer. Uh, is going to stay on the... Go ahead. Yeah, Kiva sort of slumps down next to the empty armor and is just trying to breathe again. Um, and you can hear her mumbling a name, Ari, if you're standing next to her. Um, what is she's it? She's just saying Ava over and over and over again. Erthrimdir knows when there are things that he cannot really help. So he sort of sits down next to her instead and offers her a water skin. Here, Aya, you're gonna you're gonna need this. Kiva takes it and pours some of it a little bit first on her hand to wipe her face clear of the black blood and then drinks some. Well, that's a heck of an introduction. You missed the whole story. It was no, Sorry. no, no. To Roby, not for not for you. I, I'm not. That would be incredibly oh. rude to say right now. Goodness gracious! <laughs> Are you okay? Did I did I hurt anyone? Oh 
Oh, did you hurt anyone? No, 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 goodness. You probably saved half of our lives. You kept, took that thing on. I think we're all right, though. I have a hunch about what that thing is. Can I see if I know what that thing is, Dragna? Make an arcana check. <laughs> that's an eight. It is, appears to be armor that's been animated some by some form of magic, perhaps. You're not sure. Well, I think it's some sort of magic that just keeps that thing moving. Obvious, I suppose, but at any rate, that does lead me to an unfortunate conclusion. If this were the monster that the kids were referring to, you kind of have to do this sort of thing to something deliberately. It doesn't just happen one day. So, odds are, if there is something new, this thing is already here. So, what are you saying? That this is a trap? I... I don't know. I... I mean, maybe? You'd think the kids would think to say, hey, by the way, we have a defense mechanism on the third floor. Don't step up there or you're going to be murdered, but... They told us to come to the third floor and check on their brother. So I don't know about you, but I'm not really trusting those kids right now. Yeah, no, that's that's accurate. I... Who knows? Maybe they're, they've got a whole thing going on where they rob prospective travelers and... Who knows? But Wait a we, minute, where's, where's Lillison? She's still up there. She locked herself in the bedroom, I think. We can't just leave her up there with that thing. I mean, it'll kill her. We can't. But I'm... I My uh, usual methods aren't too effective against something like that. Like, I can shoot it all I want, but that might kill us before we manage to save her. So what do you suppose we do? I mean, I feel horrible just leaving her up there alone. I... Erthrandir looks up. And for a moment, there's a smile on his face. I have a... Say, you're pretty damn strong, right? I mean, decently, so not... I mean, I'm fine, I guess. Erthrandir... Hmm. And is Erthrandir look like fishes in his pack, and pulls out a length of fine clear cord, a fishing, a fishing kit and some line. Now, if someone were to say, I don't know, tie something around that armor and otherwise provoke it, and if someone on the other end were to act as a counterweight, and if someone were on the other end were, lure, were to lure it towards a balcony, you think you might could pull this sucker down? I mean... I don't see why not. Excellent. Well then, let's get the others. We... We we got someone to help. Alright. Uh, Metreon! Amity! Uh, yeah, we're, I'm still looking for the kids. Alright, Metreon, as you make your way downstairs to the fourth floor, or the first floor, I should say, uh, leaving the other three behind. You continue onward, descending the staircase, passing down into the first floor once more. And I believe, Amity, you're with me, right? 
Uh, that's correct. All right, very good. Let me just move her down there with you. All right, and so the two of you descend once more into the dark, gray, shadowed main hall as you descend to the first floor of the house. Kids? Hello? Where are you little shits? You make your way out, uh, passing through the foyer and out into the portico once more. As you do, you see Rose and Thorn standing there outside, looking up at you with big eyes. Rose, his voice trembling a bit as she blinks at you. What is it, mister? Is everything all right? Uh, Metreon kneels down and in his very best, like, uh, very much like putting on uh, a presentation. Well, dearies, we think we found the monster. It's all taken care of. Uh, we still haven't found your, your brother or your parents, so that's concerning. Uh, are you sure you two don't want to come in? Wait, wait, no. they should not come in. I'm, I mean, okay, the, there is, a, in fact, a monster, and I'm sure your mummy and daddy are safe and not inside the house, but I I, I don't think that we should invite them inside, Metrion. Just go with me on this, yeah? What? There's a suit of armor up there. You know about that, right? Um, I, yes, I do. Do you know that it comes to life? didn't know. I've, I've never seen it do that before. Well, it did. I think it's taken care of, though. Um, and uh, is the fog, is the wall of fog still, like, uh, surrounding the house? It is pressing heavily against the bars of the portico. Well, as soon as, anything what, beyond the gate. As soon as he looks up, he looks back at the kids. You need to get inside, then. We that can't. Is... I'm sorry. Thorn is too scared. You need... You, you 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 can't stay out there. It's not going to be safe. Thorn sobs, shakes his head. No, you, I won't. You can't make me. Why it's don't you to want to come me. in? Because you think it's not safe. How many others have been here? Wait, I don't what think it's safe do? either. What? I, I, I start to pull Amity aside. I don't... There's something about this. This feels like a ruse. Not, not, not that it's not real, obviously, but... You, th you think that they're working with... Also, did you say there was no one inside the suit of armor? There was no one inside the bloody suit of armor, no. <sighs> I don't think any of us should be inside, then. I think we should get Lillison out, who is currently trapped in a closet on the third floor, and then we should all just go into town. I agree, but that... And I point out the fog... That is waiting for us, and I don't trust whatever's in that. You're saying we could be attacked? That, I've seen fog before. That is not what fog does. All right. Let's, let's pull them inside and just go get Lillison. All right. Uh... And yeah, uh, Metreon will look back at the children. Listen, we, if you, even if you just want to stay in the foyer, just away from the gates, away from 
the fog. Just trust us. Just come in inside. We've we've taken care of the monster. We just need to make sure that you're safe, and then we'll, we'll be out of your hair. Rose shakes her head again. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Thorn won't go inside. I'm not leaving him. Um, fed up with it, Metreon reaches out for uh, Thorn, and he's uh, he's going to try and pull pull him in. All right. Uh, Thorn does not resist. However, his eyes go wide, his mouth opening silently in surprise. And with as you reach forward to pull him inside, as soon as his arm crosses the threshold, he vanishes. What the fuck was that? What the fuck? I mean, uh, what what the curses was this? No, no, fuck is the right word. Uh, Rose? Rose. Rose. What was that? She shakes her head. I don't know what that was. I'm sorry, mister. Can I do an insight check on her? Um, go for it. Uh, natural 20. Uh, what's the final result? 21 total. She appears genuinely perplexed and confused. Uh, but she's not like disturbing. terrified. <laughs> but she's just confused. She's not like, oh no, my brother disappeared. There's a bit of um, like a kind of a sinking feeling in her eyes that you can see, but it doesn't seem to be quite at the level of, what, of horror that you might expect. Yeah, I mean, that's even more disturbing to Etrion. Um... And he'll look over at Amity with just wide eyes. Uh, you also see that like the sweat has just been pouring down his brow and is cutting like some of that sweat is now mixing with shoe polish and foundation, and it's just kind of like streaks of all of that coming down his face. Um, we gotta get the fuck out of here. This is this is this is we're in we're, we're yeah. going deep now. Yeah. Okay. Let's spend one minute trying to get Lillison out of the closet. And out of the house. <laughs> and then... We're out of here, okay? I need to check something, though. And with that, Metreon reaches out for Rose and is going to try and pull her in. Her eyes widen and she squirms briefly. But you can tell somehow strangely that her heart isn't in it. And as you pull her across the threshold, she goes limp in your arms and vanishes like a thin, wafting mist into nothingness. All right, that, that, that confirms it. Amity shouts up as loud as she can. Um, Lillison! We're, go we're going to come get you! Do I hear that? Well. Upstairs, Lillison. You only just now shut yourself away in the dark room in which you now find yourself. The others retreating footsteps down the stairs have long since faded and you find yourself standing quite alone. And as the others below continue their deliberations and Metreon and Amity begin to make their way down stairs further, unbeknownst to you, of course, you find yourself in a dusty, cobweb-filled master bedroom with burgundy drapes covering the windows. You can see a four-poster bed with embroidered curtains and tattered gossamer veils standing against the center wall. And the room also contains a matching pair of wardrobes, a vanity with a wood-framed mirror and a silver jewelry box, as well as a comfortable-looking padded chair. 
A rotting tiger skin rug lies on the floor in front of the fireplace, which has a dust-covered portrait of the two Durst parents hanging above it. A web-filled parlor in the southwest corner contains two chairs and a table holding several items, as well as a door with a dark, dirt-flecked window. A door facing the foot of the bed has a faded full-length mirror mounted upon it, and in the right-hand corner of the room, just on the side of the parlor, you can see standing a small wooden door set about halfway up the wall, its surface half-rotted by age. The room is quiet, and as you listen behind you for a moment, there's no indication of the armor's footfalls. Millicent is still breathing heavily, opening and closing her right hand. She looks at her palm at the green gem uh, bound to the palm with little jewelry chains and uh, makes a face. Her fingers move in a very deliberate, almost over-precise uh, pattern, um, and she tries to cast Mage Hand. All right, you cast Mage Hand, and you see the small stirring of the bluish arcane forces before you, and the spell completes, but something is different. The hand, rather than the familiar glowing white-gloved digits that you recognize, it's a whittled, bony, skeletal hand that floats gently astride your face. Well, this has never happened before. Why did they have to go and touch me? Uh, she's going to try to maneuver the hand um, over to one of the the other doors. Um, let's say the door like farthest to the right, um, and see if she can still you know use the mage hand to um, work it as normal. Of course, uh, you're able to reach toward the handle and it clicks cleanly open. If you'd like to open the door from your current position. All right. That's one thing confirmed. Okay. Uh, then she's going to bring the hand back and very, very carefully uh, open the door she just came in from, uh, poised and, and tensed, uh, like ready to slam the door shut again if she uh, sees or hears the suit of armor moving. All right. If you'd like to open the door yourself, uh, are you trying to do this quietly? Very quietly. All right, make a stealth check for me. That would be a 14. You slowly peer outside, doing your best to muffle the creak of the opening age door. You peer past into the dusty hallway, the dust now sifted and disturbed by the crisscrossing of footprints across the way. As you look, you can see the black plate armor standing quietly in its former position, back up against the wall, gauntleted hands at its sides, unmoving, but as you glance at it, squinting through the darkness, your eyes unaccustomed to noticing fine details, you think that you see that most of the cobwebs have fallen away. Wilson is going to take one step out from the door. Again, just poised to bolt back in and slam the door if uh, it moves. 
Alright. Does not seem to react as you take a step outside. Uh, very quickly ducking um, this way out of its line of sight and uh, going to open the door across from me. Alright. You try the handle, it is unlocked if you'd like to open it up. Glancing inside, you see inside this small chamber a dark room that contains a wooden tub with clawed feet, a small iron stove with a kettle resting atop it, and a barrel under a spigot in the east wall. Ah, well, this seems to be a dead end. There's nothing for it. Uh, she's going to flatten her back against uh, the... Well, against the door that remains closed from the double doors and sort of edge her way around the outside, seeing if she can make it to the stairs without setting off the armor. Uh, if you'd like, uh, you can certainly make your attempt at uh, taking a disengage and just dodging past it, or are you looking to kind of sneak? I'm looking to sneak. All right. Um, make a stealth roll for me. That is a nine. All right. Uh, as you slowly move yourself toward the stairs, edging ever quietly and emptying to lurk out of its visor to gaze, as soon as you step toward it and turn to face the stairs, the armor directly to your right-hand side, you hear the groaning and creaking of metal against metal, and the visored helm abruptly turns to face you. I'll need you to roll initiative, okay. please. That is an eight on initiative. All right. And the armor rolls a 14. It's going to lash out toward you immediately. It's visor whirling to face you, and it's going to attempt to smash you across the side with a fist. Okay. That is an 18 to hit. Uh, do I get a reaction? You do get a reaction. You are not surprised. Okay. Uh, with my reaction, I would like to cast shield. All right. You cast shield and fling up your hand, summoning forth the familiar arcane protection. And as you do, you have only a moment to notice before you recognize that the once simple, simple greenish wall of force that you're used to conjuring is now emblazoned with terrible, ugly, demonic runes that glow and flicker a sickly, rotting green. It apparates directly in front of the blow and the armor's fist smashes against it powerlessly before it rears back and attempts to slam against it with its shoulder. That is another 18 hit, which I believe is also deflected. Yep. All right. Uh, with that, that is the end of the armor's turn. Lillison, you're up. Okay. Um, I am going to... Hmm. The shield dissolves at the beginning of my turn, so this is kind of awkward. Um, I am going to make a break for it down the stairs. All right, are you dashing or disengaging? I am disengaging and uh, then moving. All right, very good. You disengage, swiftly make your way down the stairs away from the armor. It lashes out toward you with a gauntleted hand and then immediately closes around only air. As you find yourself vanishing down your feet, pitter-pattering down the steps and arriving once more on the second floor of the Durst house. 
Garthendir looks up from when he's been futilely messing around with fishing line and gasps. I, oh, y you're all right. Oh my yes. goodness, are you okay? He was gonna walk over to her. I'm sorry about grabbing you before. I just, you're all right. It's, it's, it's all right. Yes, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, just don't stand too close to me. Um, I think that it only starts to move when somebody is right next to it. And with that, you hear footsteps approaching from the lower floor as Metreon and Amity make their way up to join you. Lillison, we're, we're, oh, uh, oh, there you are. Are you all right? Yes, I'm fine. Um, what's, what's happening? Can we leave? Uh, there's some cursed stuff happening downstairs, and yeah, we should leave. Not that simple, though. Well, it might not be. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I, whatever that fog is, it's not fog as we know it, as, as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't know what it is or what it does, but it's, it is pressed up against the house. It's, it looks almost as if it wants to get inside. Did you, did and, you try walking into it? Oh, uh, perhaps not now, but more, uh, more pressing and, and more strange. The kids are gone. What do you mean the kids are gone? Well, uh, I pulled uh, the young Thorn boy in, and when he crossed the threshold, he disappeared. And I did the same to his sister Rose, and she disappeared as well. So this was a trap. Feels like it. I, that doesn't make any sense. I, you, they, they weren't illusions. I, I handed Thorn my handkerchief. I, they were real. Where right, is your maybe. handkerchief? I gave it to him. Is it still out there? Let me go check. I'd appreciate, and he tromps down the stairs and peeks out onto the porch. All right, you make your way downstairs and peer onto the portico, and you see there your handkerchief having fluttered down to the ground and left quite forgotten on the threshold, just <laughs> nestled beneath the underframe of one of the doors. Erthrandir picks it up, swears quite vehemently if anyone knows Elvish, and then tromps back upstairs. Well, never mind. They're illusions. He flutters the handkerchief. And that means that this entire place is probably some sort of trap. I've seen illusions. Uh, if they are just illusions, they're incredibly sophisticated. Well. So they're ghosts, then? I. They didn't look very dead. Or vampires. <laughs> How else would they have disappeared entirely, crossing the threshold? I mean, this doesn't. Seem I don't know. Maybe the little girl. Have any of you? Maybe the little girl knows greater invisibility. Who uh, knows? A child does not know greater invisibility. We, there's something else is afoot here. I don't know what. If you want to go outside and check and see if that fog is safe to to, to travel through, I will be more than willing to be behind you when you do so. Uh, we need to get 
we need to figure something out though. We we can't stay here and I I I would wager out outside is not quite as safe right now at least. Uh, no. I, I don't know what to do. The only reason we're here is to get supplies and food so that we can get out. Uh does this house have a kitchen? I I didn't check. I did not I, I, I did not travel enough to see it, but uh, we can look around for it. Uh, Lillison, did you see any sign of the child up there? No, I didn't. I saw a master bedroom. I saw a rather primitive bathing chamber. And that was about it. Huh. So what you're saying is that this place may be an uninhabited murder house and we can rob these people blind. That is not what I said, but if that is what you wish to take away from it, I will not stop you. Uh, Metreon strokes his chin in the scruff of it for a bit, uh, thinking about that. I now, will say, I did see the jewelry box, if you want to get past that suit of armor up there. I think I'll pass. Metreon pauses That's for a like moment. The most... Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, if... That's like the most classic secret test of character there is in stories. Like, you go up and you try to rob them and then you die. Look, what if... What if... We could lure it into one of the other rooms and then shut the door on it? It didn't seem to want to chase after me when there was a door between me and it. That's a very good idea. We could shut in the master bedroom and bar the door. Essendia, you, you seem to be fairly knowledged, uh, knowledgeable. Uh, these sorts of armors, these, these uh, is it a trap? Is it a defense mechanism, security? Like, I don't it's not know. not pursuing us. It doesn't seem sentient then. I, I don't know. This is uh, not the type of construct I'm used to seeing. I'm more used to golems and the like, but they're generally... Stuff like this is probably set to follow a specific set of instructions. So if that's the case, then we'd probably be safe if we just, you know, didn't make it follow its instructions, whether we sneak by or shut it somewhere or whatever. Down the stairs. Or pull it down the stairs if we want to take the clanky approach. Well, I, I, Sorry, why? Like, why do we want to go past it in the first place? And how expensive I'm with Amity here. Look. I mean, it beat the shit out of me, and I tend to be a little more formidable when it comes to stuff like that. It didn't even seem to take any of our damage. I mean, how do we know that this thing can even be tricked that way? We don't. Right, you're right. I'm, I'm not thinking clearly. Yeah, yeah, you've got a point. Let's. We need to gather what supplies we can from these two floors. Maybe light a fire to draw away the mist, if anyone's got any magic, since we all apparently are carrying some of that. Very nice fairy tale, by the way, Amity. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, let's light a fire, let's grab what we can from the lower floors, and let's leave. All right. Um, all right, uh, you know what? Uh, fuck it, right? Let, let's just let's go downstairs, let's raid and pillage what we can. And get out of here. That's what we came to do, right, Amity? We came to restock and leave. Right. Uh, there's probably a kitchen in this house, and, and knowing Truffle, his his nose is already up in the food. 
Where is Truffle? Oh, I, I, Amity starts looking for Truffle. Hopefully, he's still around. He is not currently with you, but at this point, you glance around and hear you a small winking from the floor below. Thank God. Let's follow his nose and uh, hopefully find, uh, well, not find anything uh, as threatening as whatever that was up there. Yeah. I don't, oh. don't particularly like the idea of opening too many more doors. Me neither. Neither do I at this point. I think we just need to try to get out of this fucking house. Food first. We're not making it anywhere if we starve. Alright, but I need some sort of rest at some point too, or I'm going to be holding you all back very shortly. Well... Let's see, let's see if, let's see if we even need to stay here first. If they don't have food, then that makes our decision pretty quickly. A quick sweep of the area, of the downstairs. Hope, I'm sure they have a kitchen. Uh, check the, the kitchen, check the pantry. Uh, if there's nothing, if it yields nothing, then we just leave. We, we get out of here. We, we try our luck with the fog, with the mist, and we just go, we just leave. Sounds good. Let's go. With that, you make your way down the staircase once more, leaving behind the glowing, flickering light of the oil lamp and passing down to the first floor once more. As you descend to the main hall, Amity, you see in tones of gray his four hooves pressed up against a door to the immediate right of you and winking quietly, Truffle. As you descend the stairs and press down to the landing below, he turns toward you and winks happily before nuzzling up against your leg. Uh, Amity cuddles Truffle, um, picking him up, uh, and then goes up to the door. Uh, all right. Um, just quickly checking the kitchen. It was uh, this door you were talking about? Uh, no, it was the one to the right of it. Oh, even that to the right. Okay. Um, uh, sorry, this door. All right. You open the door and peer inside to the next chamber. You enter a tiny kitchen with dishware, cookware, and utensils neatly placed on shelves. You can see a work table that has a cutting board and rolling pin atop it. The stone dome-shaped oven that stands near the east wall, it's bent iron stovepipe connected to a hole in the ceiling. Behind the stove and to the left, you see a thin door. At the front right-hand corner of the room, you also see standing a small wooden door set around halfway up the wall. Uh, Amity picks up the rolling pin. Alright, um, I, I suppose this, this might be a, a pantry, maybe? Uh, is there any food here? No. You find, you find you open the, the small door, is that correct? Uh, yeah. Alright, you move toward it, and as you pull open the small wooden door, you see behind it what appears to be a two-foot-wide stone shaft that contains a small wooden elevator box attached to a rope that appears to vanish up into the 
depths up above. You see, hanging on the wall next to this, what appears to be a tiny brass bell attached by wires that run up inside of the door through small holes and vanish out of sight to upper floors. All right, um, not not here. Emmy closes the door tightly and tries the other one. All right. You glance inside of it and see what appears to be a well-stocked pantry. You see a number of bits of food, uh, from dried meats and fruits to bits of hardtack and some bread, um, a few fresher vegetables, largely root vegetables, um, but a few other items, and it all appears quite fresh. All right, everyone. Um, let's let's take what food we can get. Everyone start. Emily uh, starts like packing the food into a, a bag. Uh, Metron will start taking uh, some of the other fo uh, food stuffs and putting it into his bag as well. All right. She bites down on a piece of hardtack. Yep. Uh, it tastes uh, reasonably fresh, a uh, bit bland, of course. Oh, did y'all find something? There's food in here. I, oh, thank goodness. Glorious food. He's going to step inside and start stuffing his backpack as well and helping anybody else who's looking to pack. All right, we want uh, preserved stuff mostly. Vegetables are nice, but we're packing for a long time, not a good time. Uh, yeah, DM. I should save this hot tech. DM, in this uh, kitchen area, are, are there any like kitchen knives? Uh, yes, there is. does appear to be, in fact, a small assortment of knives and such hanging from one wall. There's a, a very large chef's knife, what appears to be um, uh, a smaller, closer to a paring knife. Uh, one well that I could take small... that would be like a dagger, like you know. That um, I could I'd say there's a there's a large large one enough that I think it would serve as a uh, a suitable uh, adjacent to a dagger. It's a very large chef's knife uh, that appears awesome. to be reasonably sharp. Awesome. Looking around, is there anything else like maybe a a cleaver or a meat tenderizer of some kind, something heavy and large? Uh, glancing around, there. You see a number of utensils that might serve for that purpose. There does could be a sort of tenderizer of sorts. It's a large uh, wooden mallet with a stone tip on one end that seems uh, fairly heavy. It doesn't seem like it would, you know, do anything close to a, a true mace or warhammer, but it seems like it might make for an improvised weapon if need be. Kiev is going to put that in her backpack and then also just stuff it with food that she can find. Lilithan is going to stand outside and just sort of like stand awkwardly and after a moment call out would would you mind could somebody um grab some for me as well i don't really want to go in there we're taking everything in here oh thank goodness thank you hope you like dried fruit because it's what we're going to be eating for the next week or so Yeah, I think we just grab everything we can and distribute it between us. All right, I'd say you're able to do so uh, reasonably efficiently in the space of uh, under five minutes, I would say. Uh, your backpack's now a bit swollen and groaning with uh, the foodstuffs and such that have been placed within. Uh, you're able to look around and see a largely uh, cleared-out pantry. All right, let's get the heck out of here. We've, I've had enough of this stupid house. I should have. Uh, likewise, that's the smartest thing you said all day. Let's go. It is. That was like, we never should have right, come here. All right, time to leave, Lilith, let's go. See, we're, we're smart, and 
We stayed together. We didn't let ourselves get trapped by this place. Yeah, look at us. We made it. We can, maybe we could tell this story another time. The brave heroes who... You know what, I'm... Maybe, maybe we... Maybe we don't. Maybe let's just leave and, and we'll tell another story at, uh, later later tonight when we rest. Uh, or we, or we just let this one fall by the way. So yeah, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Let's go. Well, that's the four of you make your way forward to join Lillison. And Lillison, you find yourself at the closed gated portico, staring at the roiling wall of fog beyond. Usually, I would be quite happy to walk into a nice misted, almost wonderland sort of, sort of fog like this, but never mind. And uh, she is going to boldly stride forward into it. Alright, is anyone immediately following her? Kiva's going to stand back with Metreon, because I think we both had apprehensions about what the fog does and so she's going to sort of keep an arm out and just try to be like let's wait and see what happens Ari will go I think yeah Emily's going as well um, Metreon pointed out that anyone could attack us in this fog because there's no visibility so I think I'll, I'll stick together with, with you two if, if not all four yeah actually with that, the three of you stride out, following Lillison's lead and making your way out back into the road and away from the gated portico of the old Durst house. As you proceed forward, taking your first few steps out, you hear nothing, the silence so oppressive that you can scarcely see, hear anything other than the sound of your own blood thrumming in your eardrums. The fog grows thick, swirling around you and encroaching forward until you cannot even see more than a silhouette of your friends, and then those silhouettes too vanish, swallowed up by the thick, whirling white. As each of you looks around, you can see swirling around you in the fog, the mist contorting, forming strange whirls and patterns. And as you look around, you see it clinging to your sides and clinging to your limbs as slowly it stirs around you. You feel yourself growing sluggish, an ache beginning to tear at your bones and muscles as the mist presses itself up against you, almost seeming to suffocate you. All around you, the strange patterns whirling like a demonic array of faces and diabolical patterns in the air. You feel yourselves choking, almost unable to breathe as you struggle for breath. I'll need each of you to make a constitution saving throw, please. Except for Kiva and Metreon, because I stayed Correct. Back. Yeah. <laughs> the scaredy cats. That's a 19. That's a 19. 17. As you continue struggling forward, your eyes growing heavy, the fog pressing around you as though suffocating you, you feel yourselves gasping for breath as you feel your vitality sapped, your arms growing weak. And as you proceed further and further, Kiva and Metreon, you hear the sound of retreating footsteps slowly twist. And before you know it, the sound vanishes entirely and you see a silhouette approaching from the wall of fog. Hello? A moment later, the silhouette lurches forward onto its hands and knees, and you see a familiar face, now drenched in sweat, cheeks pale, entire body trembling. 
It's a little ascent. A moment later, she's followed by Amity and Aerithrindry, also similarly collapsing as they exit the fog, once more kneeling on the gated portico of the house. Uh, Metricon does not... Going to... Go on. I was going to say she's going to um, come closer, not touching the fog, but she's going to try to reach out an arm to pull Lillison into the house again. Uh, Lillison, Amity, and Aerithrindir, each of you gain one level of exhaustion. Emetrion is stepping back. He's not even reaching out to help them. And he is just pressed in the back of this foyer. Uh, his eyes are just uh, open and, and wide with fear. He is... Uh, he feels trapped right now. Yeah. Aerithrindir stumbles inside, kind of leaning himself against a wall just breathing heavily and then he looks up at everyone else his eyes wide and it's just we're gonna die here and then slumps to the ground amity's like choking on her own breath she's chewing her tail obsessively <sighs> i have never felt anything like that ever like I've, I've i've swallowed cloud kill before that was worse so what are what are you saying then i uh well we can't walk out in the mist you say it, we're trapped i'm afraid so we're fucking trapped we're fucking trapped there's a vampire I, yeah, I, I, here, come on, close the door. Let's, let's figure out a plan. And then he just kind of slumps again against the wall, looking at nothing. And as the door closes behind you with a final sounding thud, the mist and fog vanishing behind it and leaving you alone in the dark foyer of the Durst House, that is where we'll end it for this week. Holy God. <laughs> We're fine. Everything's fine. Ooh. Everyone is fine. Well, anyone who voted no one in the in the Deadpool, I guess, wins this week. Yeah, let me um let me pull up the announcements. Let's see here. Well, this is one way to start to uh, start off the uh, campaign. <laughs> It yeah, certainly um, so is. The Deadpool doc is not reacting. Next session, I will make sure to announce those winners for yep. the Deadpool. We'll figure but... it out. And for Holy today... moly! Thank yep. you, everybody, for coming. It was... Uh, yes, thank you so much. This was... Uh, I hope a lot everyone of fun. enjoyed it um, as much as we're panicking, but, you know. Yes. This is intense. Like, we vaguely know what we're coming up against, but, like, playing this is a very different experience, let me tell you. Are you kidding? I've never run death house so i completely forgot about the animated armor because the last <laughs> time i read this is when i read the module and so when i was like oh I'll just walk out of the fucking third <laughs> boom <laughs> oh and that actually provides a good opportunity um we will likely be holding uh curse of strahd twice bitten after dark this coming monday evening i'll be making an announcement in the curse of strahd discord probably uh i won't be bothering the news tags but i will be pinging the twice bitten tag so uh, if you're not already in the curse of strahd discord um although if you're a 
uh, if you're not a Curse of Strahd DM, I would caution you against it. It is intended for Curse of Strahd DMs, um, but we will be hosting a Curse of Strahd uh, twice bitten after dark session on Monday evening uh, with at least myself and I believe uh, Serena as well. I will also post details on Twitter uh, where we'll be announcing a bit more um, of a spoiler heavy discussion of Curse of Strahd on the module, a bit of character interpretation and analysis. Um, as well as some uh, more game dev discussion. So I recommend not watching it if you want to avoid spoilers, but if you'd like to hear a little bit of discussion about the game and such, um, we will go from there and hopefully it should be a fun discussion. Yeah. And thank you everyone so much for coming out. Yes, thank you everybody oh my gosh. so yeah, much. Thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you all next week for Twice Bitten 2. Episode two, not twice bitten two. That'd be twice weird. bitten two, force bitten. <laughs> All right, and with that, uh, and yes, to answer a question in chat, we will be answering audience questions, so there will be a Q and A element as well. So again, follow us on Twitter at uh, I think it's twice bitten cos. Is that right, Serena? Yes, twice bitten cos. Beautiful. Uh, with that, we will see you uh, on the Twitter and Discord. Uh, and again, this game will be held every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. So thank you to everyone for joining us today. We will see you all back in the mists next Saturday. Until then, uh, look out for ghosts and spooky apparitions. Keep your garlic and silver close and take care. <laughs>